0: Welcome to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast, where we talk with some of the greatest names from the stadium and stage about the music and sports that shaped their lives. I'm John Adams. In my years of working in the music and sports arenas, I've experienced firsthand the surprising connections between these two industries. Together through this podcast, we will explore this crossover relationship. All of our podcasts have an accompanying Spotify playlist that showcases the music we discuss with each of our guests. Search for The Score on Spotify. Today's guest was one of the brightest stars of the European Basketball Leagues in the 90s. He enjoyed two stints with the Sacramento Kings of the NBA, but created a name for himself as a high-flying shooting guard in Greece, where he was crowned Slam Dunk Champion in 1994 and in 2000. Today, he's the color analyst for the Sacramento Kings, we will chat with Henry Turner when we come back. Hi, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right
1: now, the coronavirus is affecting all of us. But for communities of color, the impact is especially devastating. Sadly, this pandemic amplifies the real-life consequences of existing economic and social inequalities. That's why the NBA is partnering with the National Urban League to help inform, represent, and empower communities of color. This is a time for all of us to help all of us. And the more we understand the issues, the more we will be able to solve them. Now, more than ever, we need
0: to be in this together. Be safe, be informed, and get engaged. Welcome back to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast, I'd like to welcome to the podcast Mr. Henry Turner. And I don't want to waste any time, so let's dive right in. And tell me about what tracks you were listening to while you were driving around in high school and in college here in California.
1: Oh, you want to go back there, huh? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, What do you mean as, as far as just like regular music? Because uh, I'm part of the hip-hop era now. I'm one yes. of the hip-hop babies to where... Um, when the Sugar Hill Gang hit big, you know, I, I was I, I was just a youngster. Nice. And uh, I remember when uh, Rapper's Delight came out, I had to be like in the seventh or eighth grade. And I first heard the song, it was a hip, a hop, a hippie to <laughs> yes. the hippie to the hip, hip hop. And, oh, man, it, it was just blaring on every boombox on, uh, on the bus. And I remember I ran home to my mom. I said, Mom, I got to have this song. She was like, okay, son, you know, what song do you want? I said, I don't know what the name of it is, but all I know it goes, A Hip, A huh. <laughs> 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 I, I, I was pretty much a hip-hop baby, you know, r and mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big-time funk guy. After I got a, a little bit older, and once I got, like, into junior high school and high school, I became a low-key DJ. So, you know, I was in the music big time
0: you ended up going to to Europe to, to play ball, which I, I thought was interesting because yes. y- you must have had a different influx of music being in, in Europe in the, the late eighties and nineties. You would think you would think, yeah. but it was, it was so
1: funny when I went to Europe because at that particular time, hip hop was on a tear. I mean, hip-hop was just going through the nation. And, you know, I would go to countries like Italy and Greece and Spain, and you would hear everybody in the club singing these rap songs, and soon you turn around and try to speak to them. They don't speak a lick of English, (laughs) but they know word for word the rap song. They knew Tupac down to a T, MC Hammer, all of those hip-hop songs. They could sing them, but they didn't speak English. Hip-hop had just taken over the world.
0: So it was uh, like they learned the music phonetically rather than what the meaning of the words were or what the English uh, stood for.
1: Had no idea. I mean, of course, everyone knew what what, uh, the bad words are. I mean, those are universal. (laughs) But to understand... You know, the vernacular, the meaning of the word, and the story that was being told in in the record, had no idea. All they
0: knew were the beat was slamming, and they knew the words. (laughs) Can't imagine, like, a Euro club with, like, NWA and Tupac and and Ice Cube. I guess that's exactly what happened.
1: It was hilarious because, like I said, you walk in because, you know, if, if you're a rookie and you walk into this club, and you hear N.W.A., you're like, oh, yeah, this is it. Let's go. We're going to have a good time. And then you see the people on the dance floor. You see them partying. And they singing along. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm in heaven. I'm back at home. And when you walk up to someone, you say, hey, hey, how
0: you doing? They look at you and say, no, uh, no, 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 speak English. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> As they're yelling every lyric. That's great. As they le- they're yelling every lyric word for word. So the clubs were like that. Was was that reflected also with the team?
1: Of course. You you always had your traditional guys because um, it was more so the very young group that was into the hip hop. Like uh, you have to understand when I went over to Europe, I had to be 21, 22. So I was still part of the young generation, you mm-hmm. know, I had some guys on my team that was like 28 and 30 and they were the traditional guys, you know, they, 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 they were listening to the tra- traditional Greek music and going to tra- going to the traditional Greek clubs and things like that Yeah. to where they wasn't really into hip hop, but it was the younger guys, you know, because it was funny. Uh, I tell this story. I met Pedro Stojakovic when he was 16 years old in Greece. <laughs>
0: Oh, great and I and, bet he had a great three at that point too.
1: Yeah, kid can shoot the ball. But <laughs> he was he was another one that was a part of that young group. Him and Hito Turkaloop. He was a big time hip hop head when I was in Turkey. I mean, that's all he listened <laughs> to was hip hop.
0: Were you guys on the same team when he was a kid or did you just meet him at games?
1: No, we played against him. Wow. And uh, you know, I had a chance because like one of my best friends played on his team, you know, and I was always around and, uh, he had a chance to play against me a lot and, you know, just come to have a friendship, you know, and, and, and the same thing with, Hito, because, uh, when I was in Europe, I was one of the best guys in Europe. I I was Mm -hmm. one of the top five players in Europe. So it was, it was kind of like I was Michael Jordan (laughs) walking around Europe so all of these guys wanted to meet me and talk to me and ask me questions and stuff. So that's how I had a chance to meet these
0: guys. You were the, the two-time slam dunk champion for the the, the for yeah. the Greek slam dunk champion. You played in an era where when. The music in stadium was really shifting. It was going from bands and just little clap prompts to straight up like being in a club today. Going to to yeah. a Kings game today, which I know you are at every single game. You are the color analyst for the for the team. So, how has the music changed from when you played to today?
1: Oh man, it's it, 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 it's big time because uh, just because of the evolution of all the electronics and the Internet and everything else that's going on, because you have to understand, when I came back into the league in 1989, I mean, the main thing that we had was we will, we will rock you. (laughs) That that, that was it. That was the most exciting chance that we had. You know, and then I remember later on when you finally got the ESPN, dun-nun-nun, dun-nun-nun, everybody lost their minds because it was something new, yes. you know, but nowadays these guys, they come up to us and they have their playlists and their playlists is what they want to hear before the basketball game. When they come out and work out, they have their playlist. Some guys have their own stuff in their ears with the ear pods. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, some of the guys, they want to fill it because it's it's, it's a whole different feel when you're listening to it in your ear or when they're playing it over the stereo in the arena. That's when you can actually feel the bass. Oh, yeah. And and, and you can really get into your zone. So it just depends upon what type of player you are and how do you get your zone.
0: What were you into uh, when you were playing? Did you have any go-to tracks to help motivate you uh, pregame?
1: Oh man! I mean, yes, always, always. Good. Um, it, it it just depended upon what type of mood I was in, John. You know, mm-hmm. let's say, let, let's say, for example, if I was trying to get going, I, I would probably go, you know, reach in the basket, and probably get a little Tupac because I'm West Coast heavy. Of course, yes. of course, you know that I'm definitely West Coast heavy. So I'll probably grab a, a little Tupac. Um, you know, gangster party. I love that. Uh, Tupac and Snoop ain't nothing but a gangster party that gets it going. <laughs> love, love that song. Uh, I'm big on Too short. Went to school mm-hmm. with short. Oh, right on. That, that's crazy. Well, yeah, went to high school with Too short, so I'm big with the two short. Love E-40. I, I mm. love all the West Coast stuff. Uh, back then, you know, DJ Quick, NWA, uh, the D.O.C. The DLC was one of my favorites, the Formula. I mean, he was one of the greatest rappers around. People, people didn't get a chance to really experience him because he got into the mm. car accident. But he basically wrote a lot of stuff for Dre, Snoop, Cube, all those guys. He's mm. the guy in the background that's teaching those guys how to rap.
0: I wonder if kids that listen to music today understand that East Coast, West Coast rivalry that was, that was happening in the, the 90s.
1: No, no, no. Uh, definitely uh, don't understand it to where we did because it was almost like a rite of passage. Because like I said, when I was coming out of high school, hip hop was just getting going, right? Mm-hmm. And then I remember I made McDonald's All-American, and we had to go to an athlete basketball camp in New Jersey. And believe me, it was just like the Hatfields and the McCoys. (laughs) If you was from the West, we was in the East, and everything was, nah, son, it's New York, son. Nah, LL Cool J, yo, no, Eric B, son. Nah, nah, (laughs) Z. Everything was East Coast. They didn't want to hear nothing about West Coast. Not a thing. Didn't like it. Didn't respect it. And it was almost like, man, some guys almost get into a fight over it about (laughs) East Coast, West Coast.
0: Those rivalries translate. They're they're there on the basketball court. They're in music. That's a powerful thing. You know, and and it was funny, too, because if you're a true hip-hop
1: fan and you remember back in the day when hip-hop first started, of course, it started in the East. And then when it did hit the West, the West took over. I mean, the West was like, we have our own sound. Because in the East, it was more so of a lyrical thing. Yeah, You know, you had to be able to lyrically put what you want down on a track. Once it hit the West Coast, it wasn't more so about the lyrics, it was more so about the beats mm-hmm. and the emotion, you know? So yes, the West coast took the beats and that's where everybody's like, yo man, I can feel this. That's why most of our rappers, they rap the way they do. You know, mm-hmm. when you hear Tupac, he's got, you know, he, he's got it in his soul. You know, when you hear Snoop, Snoop is just slow, like one, two, three into the flow. He's cool that way. Mm-hmm. You know, ice cube, he makes you feel him, you know? So, it was like that with the West. And all of a sudden, these beats kicked in, and it just took off. And then all of a sudden, the West held it down for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it comes to Dirty South. Yeah. The Dirty oh, South yeah. hit the movement. And, and I'm going to tell you what. When the Dirty South hit, they came hard because it was something that neither East Coast or West Coast had ever heard before. When they came with that draw to where it was like, you know, over overheard. Down you know, So <laughs> People couldn't get their R's Like the S's straight And it was like We've never heard anything like that So you know Right now In hip hop man I mean it, it, It's definitely A mixed gel I remember the The first time I was overseas And I heard a French Rapper Oh that, that's different But he spoke both He spoke English And and French But he basically rapped. In French, and his flow was so nice, and he had a nice beat, and it almost kind of flipped it 360 or not 360 but 180 to where I felt like how the European kids felt about our hip hop. Yeah, I'm with this dude, I'm feeling this song, and I'm like, he's rapping in French. I'm like,
0: okay, yeah, I'm still feeling, I'm still feeling, I don't know a word he's saying. But I feel that song. <laughs> what a great twist too that you were able to just feel it and say, Yeah, I got this vibe. I totally am in this.
1: Hey, I was like, I don't know what the hell he's saying, but I'm with him. I like this song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> could have been could have been all about croissants, but I don't know, but it was it was a good beat.
1: Hey, don't know but it was a banger. That's great. I like this
0: kid. Yes. And now I'm going to have to go and search for French rap and figure out who this was and and make sure that I have it included in this. This is crazy.
1: Fat Five Freddy brought him out on Yo MTV Raps, and it was something to beat. But they were rapping in French.
0: When you can throw Yo MTV Raps into a conversation, that's a good day.
1: <laughs> that's... You know, back in the hey, back in the day, that's all we had. Oh yeah. Was Joe MTV raps. And then, you know, you're talking about duh, 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 When you heard that at an <laughs> NBA game, you lost your mind because you know what it was. It was the intro to yo MTV Raps.
0: It's all that little situational stuff. They can get a little taste of something like that. Thirty years ago, the game presentation wasn't where it is now. Where everything has situational play, everything has has music attached to it, and there's music throughout the entire game. It was it was little prompts. It was little things. So little things made a huge difference.
1: Yeah, you know where they have music playing now. It was just chance for us. Defense. I mean, you can, you know, uh, let's say, for example, Buddy Hill come down and hit a three-pointer. You might hear a mystical. Uh-oh. Do, do, do. Do, do, You know, it's almost like they have their own theme songs.
0: Yeah, it's almost like it an ad bat music for baseball players. Yes. The basketball game is turning into the same environment.
1: Everybody has their own theme music. I always say this about uh, Jason Williams, White Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Williams' game was so flashy when he came to Sacramento, and they made a highlight reel of all of Jay Wheels passes that he used to make. I mean, he made oh, crazy yeah. passes behind the back, you know, between his legs, off his elbow. And I'm watching this. I'm watching this, uh, this, this, this highlight reel, and all of a sudden, it came to me, and it's funny because I'm watching him, and I'm, I'm kind of like grooving. And, I, and I, hear this, I, I hear this song in my mind. And all of a sudden, I'm like, that's it. This is this guy's theme music. And the theme music was, I got soul, and I'm super bad. That's what I think about every time I see J. Will, because we called him White Chocolate. He was a white boy, but he had more soul and him, than the average cat. And I'm watching, I'm like, I got soul, James Brown, and I'm super bad. Oh, that's that a per- boy, That's mean, a perfect theme that's, that's, song for him. That's just how music intertwines with sports. Yeah. It's funny that way. You know, I'll, I'll always laugh and joke. I'm like, every basketball player wants to be a rapper, and every rapper wants to be a basketball player.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's right. And there's such a great crossover there, and that's that's part of what we're doing here is, like, everybody can talk either music or sports, and musicians want to talk sports, and athletes want to talk music. It's such a great combo.
1: You know, I can give you another example. You know, of course, I grew up in California. I grew up with Gary Payton, Jason Kidd, Mm -hmm. Brian Shaw, J.R. Ryder, Antonio Davis, Greg Foster. All of us were on the same basketball team.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: But then again, also, I grew up, I went to school with Too Short. I went to school with MC Hammer. And I grew up big time. I went to elementary school with Raphael Sadiq, Tony, Tony, and Tony. Wow. And it's so funny because all of those guys love basketball. Mm -hmm. Rafael Sadiq would just come to the gym and just hang out and watch us hoop every day. Every day. Because he loved basketball. I would go to the studio and just watch him get down and do his thing because I love music. Mm. You know, Hammer would be at all the basketball games because he loved to hoop. Yeah, I mean it's it's just one it's just one of those things to where you know I know we have a lot of sports a lot of and a lot of music that just intertwine, but for some reason basketball really does.
0: You were at a, cr- a real crossroads for music and sports. You had a lot of big names and a lot of great superstar athletes that were all in this community together at the same time. That's that's enormous.
1: You know, our AAU team I just named off those guys was crazy. You know, and, and it was so funny, John, because I remember we had to be, man, we had to be in junior high school. And some of us older than other ones, but, you know, we were all on the same team. And I remember I remember us talking. We were like, yo, fellas, we're all going to be in the NBA one day. And, you know, a lot of people would like I'm serious. We we, we would be at Al Payton's house, Gary Payton, daddy's house. And we would be laughing and joking like we're going to all be in the NBA one day. We should all just be on the same team in the NBA. And people were like, "Man, I'm telling you, ain't none of y'all making it to the NBA." <laughs> There's and always it that so guy. Crazy. <laughs> well, 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 well. In our neighborhood, it, 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 it was the neighborhood. You know, no, nobody ever thought that anybody was going to make it out of our neighborhood. So all of a sudden, when we started making it, one guy hit, then the next guy hit, then the third guy hit, hmm. then the fourth, fifth, sixth. And all of a sudden, it was like, this is so crazy, dude. Everybody that we play with is in the NBA. And I remember when I was, I was with Sacramento, Brian was with Boston, and Gary was coming out, so he was about to get drafted to Seattle. Jason was too young. Jason was still uh, a senior in high school at that time, I think. Jason was Jason was young. Oh, well, about to go to Cal. And I remember Antonio Davis had just came out and the Indiana Pacers was looking at him and we were playing summer league basketball and we were like, okay, fellas, y'all already in the league. We about to put Antonio in the league. We about to give him the ball every time tonight (laughs) because Indiana about to sign him tomorrow. (laughs) And and man, I think Tony, I think Tom might have had 46 points and 20 <laughs> rebounds. It's still something crazy like that.
0: It's so great that you guys were aware of each other at, at that same time and what your needs were. Like, hey, we got to feed him. We want him to get a good spot. We want him to get, to get drafted high.
1: You know, the one thing that we always felt like, especially coming out of East Oakland, you know, to where... It was tough there, man. I mean, it, it, was, it was definitely a, a tough time and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to come out of, you know, a, a dysfunctional type of situation. We had everything going on from from drugs to prostitution to murder. So we definitely seen it all. But our mindset was, if one of us make it, we all made it. Yeah. So I would like, uh, Brian, Brian, Brian Shaw was the first one to hit. 'Cause Brian got taken right out of college. He was the first one to go to Boston. He got drafted. So when Brian made it, man, we were just so proud. We were just ecstatic. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, we we made it. You know, when Brian got drafted, like, no, yo, no, no, dude, we got drafted by Boston Celtics. And then the next year, I hit. I went to Sacramento. And then it was like, oh man, we know Brian and him. They both in the league. Man, we doing big things. And then Gary came out. Gary went to Seattle. he was like, Oakland's about to take over
0: now. <laughs> yeah. What what great positivity to give back to, into the community to infuse into the community when you have musicians that are coming out at the same time as athletes and and everybody is is hitting. Everybody's hitting at the same time
1: everybody i mean back in those days oakland was a good place man and you know yeah. a lot of, a, a lot of positive things were happening but still all in all it was a, it was a hard place to grow up too because you know you know it, it it's, it's easily said you've got positivity on this street but you got death right around the corner mm-hmm.
0: wow quite the contrast from going from that into the nba and into europe uh, did you did you see communities like that through europe as well
1: you know, Europe is a little different than mm-hmm. the United States. Um, you know, I have a lot of people that would ask me about my uh, days in Europe and what was it like. Europe was more like the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it, it, it's not really like the middle class in Europe. It's either you have it or you don't. You know, the, the, the ones that are, you know, low poverty stricken and work hard and all that stuff, you see how they live. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have the halves, the ones who you know have the businesses that are striving, that are doing well, and and they're living very well. Mm-hmm.
0: You see that in the in our arenas today. When you see the uh, the avid fans up at the three hundred deck, they're they're the ones who are going to one game a year. But man, they are going to be there. They're going to be loud. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to really take advantage of that opportunity.
1: Now, let me tell you the difference between a European fan and an American fan Yeah, because they're two different people. Now, okay, John, where are you from?
0: I am from Los Angeles, so I was born and raised a Laker fan.
1: Okay, yes. I'm pretty sure if I cut you, you probably would would bleed purple. (laughs) You're right. You you love – I went to Cal State Fullerton. I know how it is. Yeah. So you love the Lakers, so you will always be a Laker fan. That's right. It's, it's some people, though, who live in L.A. that are Boston fans, or you have some people that live in L.A. that are, let's say, Houston Rocket fans or Miami Heat fans, but they live in L.A. That's right. The difference in Europe is, is that Europe has like almost like a neighborhood thing to where, just say, for example, if you live in Oakland, you are... Uh, Oakland A's fan. Yeah. You hate the Giants. <laughs> yes. You hate them. You will not <laughs> root for them. You hope they fall <laughs> off into the bay and die.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the Dodger fans and Oakland fans uh, can definitely unite on that point.
1: Yeah, and the same thing with Frisco. So in Europe, <laughs> it's more so where the team is from, that area. Because if I lived in a certain area, that area wouldn't dare. No one in that area would dare (laughs) be a fan of those guys over there. No way, no how. So it was all about where you lived. Like, if you lived in California, man, there's no way you grew for the Chicago Bulls.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No way. (laughs) But the teams are so much a part of the community in Europe as well. Yes,
1: that, that that that's true. They're that's definitely par- more uh, community uh, based.
0: Yeah, part of the identity so are, of the community.
1: Yes, the way they get behind their team, they're definitely community based by far.
0: I want to ask you about your kids. You have three kids, so yes. What do you think of their music? Oh. <laughs>
1: Oh have my they, God! Have
0: okay. they have they influenced you as you have influenced them?
1: Okay, yes. Let me give you the ages of my kids. My 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 lovely daughter, my oldest, she's twenty seven. Uh, my son, who's hip hop head slash rapper, is twenty two, and my youngest is fourteen. My youngest daughter is fourteen. Great. And I have definitely. Uh, infused my will, my genre <laughs> of music on my kids because uh, my kids know the words to a, a bunch of old school rap songs. You know, I'm I'm definitely like one of those guys to where I don't really listen to radio. I listen more so to my iPod or my playlist. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's kind of like how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling a little a little PMD, I mean a little EPMD. If I'm feeling like you know, thinking of a master plan, ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. So I dig into my pocket, all my money is spent. I'm digging deeper, but still coming up with lint. <laughs> if I'm feeling that way, that's what I'm listening to. You know, <laughs> so so my kids have listened to all types of hip hop music. Right now this stuff here today you know how you have the old cliche you're turning into your dad yes (laughs) (laughs) my son plays some stuff on his radio and i'm like what in the hell are you listening to (laughs) that ain't music And, and you know and when i say that i just bust up and start laughing because I look up in the sky, and, I, and like I, was, I was born and raised with my grandmother. And I look up in the sky, and I say, Allie B, I sound just like you, mama. I understand. <laughs> when I was running around playing uh, Run DMC, My Adidas, my mama was like, what the hell is just My Adidas? My Adidas, My Adidas. That's all I hear about is My Adidas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tracks like My Adidas and, uh, and and It's Tricky. You were definitely raised with the right music, man. You know,
1: we can say it's the right music, but like I said, the right music is the music that's right now. Yeah, I mean, because here's the deal: I'm a big fan of Drake. I think Drake is the most talented brother around. Everything that young man hits, he crushes. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Chris Brown. I think Chris Brown is one of the most talented cats out. You know, I mean, you and, and you study. Got these new guys that's coming in. Lil Wayne took the took the, uh, uh, the crown, and he ran with it. You know, nobody thought that it was going to ever be anybody else that was going to be bigger than Biggie and Pop. Well, these guys now, man, I mean, they, they, they took it to the next level. So this is all about what you grow up with because, you know, and we can relate this back to basketball because, you know, people always ask me who is the greatest basketball player. In my era, I'm not, I'm not going no further than 23 is Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. but if you would ask my daddy, he would like, damn, Michael Jordan, we talking about, Will? Will was the best.
0: Yep.
1: You know, if you had, if you ask my granddaddy, Bill Russell, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, you could touch those guys. <laughs> so it's just all about whatever it is. Cause if you ask my son, who's the greatest basketball player of all time, he ain't kind of hear nothing but Kobe LeBron and Steph. Yeah. So it's just the same way in music, you know, run DMC with me, man, run DMC, they did it. They're the ones who really put it on the map, you know, but that's my era. If you ask somebody else's era, they might go back a little bit further and be like, man, red DMC was all right, but African Bombada, the Cold Crush Crew, uh, the Fabulous Four Plus One More, I mean, they'll go back to those guys.
0: But yeah. that's what they listen to. The athletes and the music that you watched when you were like in high school and college. That's kind of the stuff that, that defines your your tastes moving forward.
1: You know, I can tell you this. The one song that I always played after I had a good game, and I did this from the time I heard this record to, wow, so probably like after I came out of college, it was LL Cool J, I'm Bad. Great. <laughs> Uh, I'm bad. Because that's what he was talking about how bad he was. And when I came off basketball court and I had a good game, I'm like, boy, I am bad. <laughs> no rapper can rap quite like I can. I take a muscle-bound man and put his face in the sand. That's how I felt.
0: You know what? You... You made me feel like that today. This was a great conversation, and I really appreciate your time in sitting here being able to just talk about music and sports with us. I really appreciate your time, man.
1: Oh, man, John, anytime you need me, man, anytime you want to talk about music, sports, I love it. You know, it's funny. I played basketball, you know, for 15 years professionally. That was my love. That was my life. But like I said, I was always a low-key DJ. I always loved to be be in the clubs, playing the music, going back, understanding all the genres and everything about music. So, you know, what you do, I love to do. You can call my number up anytime
0: you have it in your phone. When you want to talk basketball, who's in music, give your boy HT a call. I guarantee you I will. Thank you so much. This has been great, man. We'll talk again soon.
1: Yes, sir, anytime.
0: Thanks for listening to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast. You can listen to the music mentioned in this podcast by clicking the Spotify link in the description or by searching The SCORE on Spotify. Please take a moment to leave a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive interviews and playlists, subscribe to The SCORE Music and Sports Podcast now.